Greetings, hello, welcome, internet friends, to another episode of Parks and Conversation. And we are talking about the classic NBC television program, Parks and Recreation. It's so good that we thought, you know what? Yeah, it's been off the air for many years, but we need to rewatch this. We need to dissect every single episode with the precision and detail of two people who have seen it a bunch of times. I'm one of those two people. My name is Jason, and the other one is Jeremy. Say hello, Jeremy. Hey, how's it going? Oh, man, it's so, so good. It's a beautiful, foggy day in the Seattle area, uh, and it feels like things are getting getting normal in our part of the world, because mm-hmm. this is what we're used to, and I'm happy yeah. about it. Gray. Yeah, just a, a, a amorphous blob of gray. I can barely see my neighbor's house. Perfect. Which, <laughs> you know, I don't have that big a property, but right. I prefer it. <laughs> so, you, have good, you have good neighbors, though. So, uh, Yeah, I have a high school that's closed. Uh, and then a neighbor who's never home. So it's pretty great. Perfect perfect neighbors. Yeah, it's pretty great. So uh, today we are going to be talking about episode, uh, season two, episode 14, the the date, the dinner party. And uh, we are, uh, yeah, we're going to be looking at a a form of neuroses that uh, Leslie Nope has. And I in no means want to make fun of this uh, particular problem, but we find that Leslie is a hoarder, which if you looked at my office, uh, from which I'm recording right now, you would say, Jason, those who live in glass houses should not hold a bunch of garbage. So, um, so yeah, so the basic premise is Leslie and Justin, uh, are, are dating and Leslie wants to impress them. And, uh, she invites him over to a dinner party and her house is a mess. So is that, that, that pretty? That's a, yeah, it's it, mess is an understatement. Right. Because Leslie, as we find out over the course of the whole series, Leslie is a very sentimental person. Mm-hmm. And often when I find that people who are sentimental are holding on to things that they think someday might be uh, a, a treasure to somebody else. Like I'm going to hold this because I want to be able to give it to somebody. But often the truth is that let's say that person dies. Leslie which, Nope which didn't one? die. The, 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 the person who's holding on to the things. Oh, okay. Like somebody dies. Right. And then they've got all this stuff in their house because they wanted to give it to somebody someday. And the people that they want to give it to are like, why do they have all this stuff? So Really, what I want to do is just encourage everybody to watch Marie Kondo and uh, <laughs> ask yourself, does this does this spark joy? Because that's the real question. So but I, I, I hold on to all my stuff. Be not see. Now I feel bad because it's not to give it to other people, because <laughs> uh, I guess that's the altruistic way of hoarding. My, mine is like I might I'm more Leslie, like I, I might need this. I, I might need this extra birdhouse. Okay, so yeah, two birds. Well, like, like well, you know, I know I'm getting ahead of it, but I'm just saying, like, I might need this. And every time I throw something away and then I need it, you know, six months later, I'm like, see, should have held on to it. I needed that sandwich bag of screws for something. Jeremy, I feel I, I'm I'm feeling your struggle right now. I had a box of miscellaneous cords. Oh, you, oh, that's the worst. And you haven't I used them like clean, five years, right? Yeah, I was cleaning up my garage and I was like, it's time. 
Yeah. I don't, I don't need this box of cords. And so I removed you, them from my property. You felt empowered. You're like, yeah, I'm shedding this, this stuff. Yes. Yes. And then I needed a micro USB cable. Yep. And I, I had to go to the store and buy one like some kind of animal. And the whole time I was like, I already had one of these. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It was so frustrating. Yeah. So how much joy yeah. does that spark? <laughs> Listen, Marie, now I got two trips. <laughs> yeah, my house go. might be clean, but I'm very busy. I've got a lot of errands to run. <laughs> so, yeah. Just buying it all back. <laughs> That would be the best, like the follow up to Marie Kondo. Like she comes in and like totally organizes somebody's house. There's another one called the home edit. Have you seen that? I have not. It's on Netflix, but it is a they organize your house and a lot of their organization stuff is by color. So like the, the trend that people have to organize like bookshelves by color and all that stuff, like these people are the influencers of that. And it drives me absolutely crazy. I don't like that. No. Because I like color, like organizing sure. your clothes by color. Sure. That makes great sense. Mm -hmm. I'll never do it, but it sounds like it's a good idea. But like organizing books by color is like there are books in the very same series that are going to be on different places in your bookshelf because their their spines are a different color. That, that already causes me anxiety. And I'm not, yeah. I don't use that lightly. Like, like to split up a series is just very, oh, that's, yeah, makes my yeah. skin crawl. Everybody knows that you need to organize your book by height. Exactly. Sideways. You lay them down flat. <laughs> yeah. Duh. So okay, we got, we got, we got a lot to get through. I, I, yeah, I could talk about organization forever because I don't do it, but I know a lot about it. I've read a lot of books about it. I have, I have a book called getting things done by David Allen. Yeah. And it's, it's really great. I love that book. I carried around in my bag for six months. <laughs> Cause I read it and I was like, Oh, this is going to be a lot of work. And then, uh, I just got the audiobook instead. Right. So, yeah. I I was having a hard time like I wanted to like read more books and one of the things that takes me forever to read cuz I I I just it's not that I I'm a bad reader. I just read really slow to absorb it. So it's like, oh, I'll, I'll I know what I'll do. My next book, speed reading book. I will so then I'll just learn how to speed read and then everything will be faster. I never finished it. <laughs> yes. Cuz it took cuz it took too long. Right. And the irony of a speed reading book that's more than 10 pages, like, what is this? Just right. just go. Like, just tell me what to do and I'll do it. Why do I need to read more about it? I want to read more about other stuff. You're getting in the way, speed reading. That's right. So, um, yeah. So this episode, it starts with one of the best cold opens uh, ever. Leslie is celebrating all of the parks department, uh, like the teachers who teach the different classes through the rec center. So, you know, classes like organization and cooking uh, and accounting and all these different classes. And she said, she's saying like, Hey, you guys are doing a great job. And then she says, unfortunately, I'm going to have to reduce the number of courses due to budget cuts. And, and so they, uh, <laughs> they ask, well, what are you going to reduce on? And she says, um, class attendance and, and reviews. And one of the guys stand like raises his hand. This is the best. <laughs> He says, uh, mine is, um, oh man, I'm totally in blanking. Mine is dealing with grief. And he says, right. well, I hope you have good attendance. <laughs> oh, no, I don't. No. I hope it's bad. <laughs> <laughs> so I love that one. That is yeah. great. 
um, the, this uh, ragtag crew of course instructors, um, they will come back. Several of them will come back throughout the the course of the series because Pawnee, as we've said before, is a well-developed community. It is a town. There are people who are here. And just like you see in your hometown over, over and over again, you're going to run into these people. And I love that. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Um, I was thinking about that last time because we started talking about it. Is that the, I guess this show did such a great job of making the town feel large. And maybe that was, what I was trying to say last time is that, you know, there's some shows where everything feels very like in one, one or two locations, Pawnee and parks and recreation. It feels like a big, like they, they have all these little vignettes and all these places and you feel like, yeah, this is a big, it is a bigger city than we really know. And I think they did such an amazing job, even though some of it's really ridiculous. We make fun of 19 news stations or whatever, but yeah, they, they really, you know, I don't know. It seemed like Seinfeld was always just like in the apartment. I don't know. I didn't watch Seinfeld. So there you go. Well, Jeremy, I, um, I couldn't disagree with you more about Seinfeld, (laughs) but, uh, friends, friends, how's that? Oh yeah. I hate friends. Friends is a dumb show. Okay. There we go. Perfect. (laughs) It's, It's so terrible like people who love friends like it's like fine i'm not gonna i'm not gonna tell you you can't love the thing you love right but don't tell me i have to right people who but love let friends. me get back to this parks and rec thing which everybody needs to like <laughs> <laughs> but yeah i mean that's I, one of the things i was thinking about it um when you grow up in your town it doesn't matter how big your town is as a kid it's the whole world yeah like i remember going uh my grandpa great grandpa lived in Mount Lake Terrace and we drove from our house in Kirkland to Mount Lake Terrace. And it felt like it was an all day trip because it's like, I don't ever go this far away. Right. Right. Like everything was in a, you know, a one mile like circle around my house. That's, that was my world. Right. And so I would see all the same people all the time. And so like, the Pawnee, what they've done is they've made this small town the whole world. And like it makes sense that it is a world that you interact with over and over again because it's all you've got. And so like going to um going to Eagleton, going to mm-hmm. Indianapolis, like Leslie goes to Indianapolis in this episode, mm-hmm. and Indianapolis is like the big city. Right. It's the it's the capital of Indiana. It's a big deal to go there because her and Justin are dating. And so they keep going to Indianapolis for all these dates. Um, And it feels like as you're watching that, I felt like Leslie really did feel out of her element. Mm -hmm. Um, And partly because, you know, Justin is an amazing guy. He's got all these great stories and these great connections and people love him. Um, and so every time she's in Indianapolis with him in these these vignettes of their dates, they are, you know, like really exciting things. Like Pawnee doesn't have an aquarium. They have a zoo. I, I don't know how they have fun that, but um, <laughs> they don't have an aquarium. And in one of the dates, Justin organized a private tour of the aquarium. You know, like the world just got so much bigger. Right. For for Leslie. And and so she's like, I I want to impress Justin on this on our next date. And he's like, well, I'm coming coming up to uh, Pawnee. And so she's like, yeah, it's going to blow Indiana away, which no one has ever said before. (laughs) (laughs) Because who 
who cares about Indianapolis? It's like, it's not, I mean, I'm sure people who live there is like, yeah, it's pretty cool, Indianapolis. But like, it's not one of those places where it's like, Paris, man, it's breathtaking. I'm going to make Indiana feel like Cleveland. <laughs> yeah. It's like, wow. Okay, cool. Pawnee is going to blow Indianapolis away. Um, and so uh, she's, uh, yeah, so that's the, like, she's going to have just to come over and she's trying to figure out, like, how do we do an exciting date in Pawnee? It's like those dumb shirts that say, like, London, Paris, Tokyo, Pawnee. Is that a real shirt? No, I mean, it's just enter your small hometown at the bottom. You know, London, Tokyo, Paris, on Alaska. (laughs) (laughs) That's that's where I went to high school. It's a very small town. Look it up. There's three or four of them in the world. Yeah, no, I was was saying. I was going to say, I I won't besmirch on Alaska. On Alaska. I I also won't look it up. Okay. So. Yeah. Um, yeah. The uh, it's a it's a nice little place, though. Yeah. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I like how this gets set up, too, because Leslie Leslie loves to paint herself in a corner because she says, I'm going to hold you to or he says, well, I'm going to hold you to that. Like, he's just being nice. Like, just I, I felt it was very like he wasn't being um, like on the last date where where Will Arnett was being very like, you know, no, you know. Right. He was being combative. Bad. He's being combative. He's saying, you know, he's just being playful. He's like, oh, and she's like, oh, oh, okay. I know. It's going to be amazing. So she's just setting herself up kind of for failure in the beginning versus like, oh, this just needs to be a cool thing. Yeah. I think she forgot that Justin has also been to Pawnee. (laughs) Right. (laughs) (laughs) Wait a minute. (laughs) Like he knows what this town is. Sure. Um, And so when she But in her mind, Pawnee still is, though, the greatest city. The whole world. It's the whole world. It's the great. It's better. It is better than Indiana. Like she truly believes that. Yeah, I I can see why she would believe that. And I'm I'm okay with that. Yeah. <laughs> so so it cuts back to Pawnee here after they set up this date and Anne and Leslie are having lunch. And Leslie's talking about the corner she's painted herself into. <laughs> and uh and so um Anne is talking and saying you should just have like a take him out to dinner and stuff. And then she's like, I got it. Great. This is great. I'm gonna have a dinner party. This is perfect. And Anne's like, I didn't say any of this, but she's like, This is like a think tank, our lunches. I took your idea and I made it better. (laughs) (laughs) So I was like, wow, she's not a very good friend. Um, So, so Leslie's going to throw this dinner party and invite all her her friends over. And it's going to be a big deal. Um, And I love that she goes and asks Ron to come. So she starts inviting Ron. Um, When she asks Ron, he's like, "Um, how many courses are there going to be? It's like three and "Mm, four and dessert. Oh, so five. Great. Like he's, negotiating a dinner party that he doesn't even want to go to to try to get more courses. And then uh, a line I've often said when people ask me to come to a party, if I were to bring a tray of deviled eggs, not for sharing, can you guarantee fridge space? (laughs) And, and she says, okay. Um, and, uh, yeah. And later on he'll show up. Hasn't said that, you know, (laughs) I don't know. (laughs) I find, I find deviled eggs make every party just a little bit more fun. I love deviled eggs. Yeah, deviled eggs are good. It's like a it's like a a perfect little snack that I know I'm going to regret regret later. Like I ate too many deviled eggs, but while I'm eating them, it's like I don't even, I barely even have to chew these things. Yeah, they're like they're egg so shooters. <laughs> yes, egg shooters. That's perfect. I'm going to start calling them that now. Okay, egg, egg shooters. Um, so. 
I've never made deviled eggs. It seems like a lot of work. Mm-hmm. Um, and that maybe that's why I love them so much because they, they look like they took a lot of work. Yeah. They taste like somebody else's work, which is always more delicious. Yes, indeed. Um, agree. And then, uh, so yeah, so Ron's coming cause there's devil deviled eggs fridge space. Then she asks Tom and Tom doesn't want to go. And, uh, but he finally relents and says, just don't invite any boring people. And this is where Jerry pops in and is like, Hey, what's going on? Nothing. Get out of here. They kick him out. Um, and then she goes to invite Andy to come and help at the party <laughs> to w- like work for $10 an hour, just like, you know, setting the table, taking coats, that kind of stuff. And, uh, I love Andy in this, this scene because he's doing something that, uh, makes absolutely no sense except joke, that it's Andy. This joke is amazing. I, tell, I love tell this me joke. about it. Oh no. Well, are you, you're talking about the seat. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So Kyle, so Leslie comes over, Kyle's sitting, um, he's, he's shining the seat, right? He's with right. his shoe, shoe polish. And doesn't Leslie say, isn't that going to well, leave? He, yeah, he's, practicing. he's practicing. Oh, he's practicing shoe shining shoe on shining. the leather of the seat. <laughs> the leather of the seat that everybody sits in. Yeah. And doesn't Leslie say, like, isn't that going to leave stuff? He's like, oh, yeah. <laughs> you know, because he hasn't really thought it through. Right. And so as, she's t- as they're talking, Kyle shows up and sits down in the seat. Right. <laughs> and so when when Andy turns around, this is uh, this is a, such a great joke. He's like, hey, Kyle, before you sat down, did I notice that you had something on your butt on the back of your your pants? And Kyle kind of stands up. And at this point, Andy could say, oh, yep, there it is. And get out of it. He says, nope, you're good. <laughs> <laughs> he was he had now he set it up perfectly. It was devious. He's like, yeah, I noticed this for you, man. You had it. And could have gotten away with it. But he says, oh, no, you're good. Kyle obviously is going to find it later and go, wait a minute, Andy. And he'll know. It's so good. Yeah, it's one of. Uh, yeah, it's it's so great. <laughs> oh, no, you're good. <laughs> oh no you're good and the look on his face is like <laughs> like he's totally stuck and like there's no way out of this like because yeah. he did it <laughs> so it was, it was all he, andy's fault and he, he had an out though he 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 had the perfect out he, he didn't even see he had set himself up with an out it's so great yes and what i love about the character of kyle is he never brings it up <laughs> right like <laughs> He went home and, you know, I don't know if he's married. I don't know if he has kids, but he went home, changed out of those pants at some point and saw that they were brown, thoroughly brown on the butt area. And he never said anything about that to anybody. Right. (laughs) That's like, did Kyle think I did this to myself? Like, I don't know, like that, that creates a whole nother timeline of questions that I have about like when Kyle discovered his pants were, were completely stained with shoe polish. Did he know it was shoe polish right away? Was he just trying to be a nice guy? And I was like, I don't want to take it out on Andy. Or did he think like maybe he was driving home and he farted in his car and like <laughs> went a little too hard? Like, I don't know. Yeah. But I, I, I'm curious. So and that's the um, other thing about the show. Uh, we'll just, I don't know. I just keep coming back to it. It's like, there are so many of these characters that I would love to see like a side, a spinoff show of Pawnee without just, just all of the side characters. Just like, what does Kyle, what else does Kyle do? 
<laughs> right. You could make <laughs> a whole other show. Yeah. I mean, and not just of Kyle, but if you throw in, you know, all of these other characters that we'll meet along the way, it still would be a funny show just based on the way it's it's created. So, yeah. All right. Indeed. So Kyle, Kyle, Kyle sits down. And then I think this is where we get back to, we finally are introduced to Leslie's house. Well, there's something that is before that. Oh. It cuts away to Andy talking about how much he hates Justin. Oh, and, yes. and like, he's like, like, well, yeah, Justin, do you play guitar? And then he's like, actually, he's a really good, good keyboard player. He's a, he's a sick <laughs> keyboardist. <laughs> yeah. Like everything, like Andy thinks like, well, I've got this that Justin doesn't, but it's actually, no, Justin is a really good musician also. Right, of um, course. Yeah. So then they go to Leslie's house. That's what you were going to say. And, yeah. uh, it's Leslie and Anne. And what is uh, what is the first reaction here um, that uh, Anne has in Leslie's house? Well, even just the the first line, which I thought was really funny that they wrote in there. I think it was super tongue in cheek when they're like, hey, welcome to my house that you've never been to before. And Anne's like, yeah, I know it's <laughs> yeah. crazy that I've never been here. Like, like the way they even <laughs> acted it was like, Dude, this is dumb, but OK, we'll, we'll roll with it. Um, her first of all, her house is awesome. It's a craftsman like it's a. I, I love that style of house. It's gorgeous. But then when you go inside, she has everything in boxes. And and I think that this joke, just write this visual, is hilarious because we already know that Leslie is super organized in every other area of her life. So it's like we think we're going to come into this immaculate house and there's just stuff everywhere. Just boxes and boxes of stuff. Right. It, yeah. And it, I I don't know how it happened. <laughs> Like, right, because it it is a complete shock, and when you first see this, have seen Leslie's life and organizing and binders and stuff, but we also know that she stays up really late. Mm-hmm. She's always working, um, and so she's she's never had to really care about her home life. Right, and you know, I remember the first time I invited people over to my my house growing up. Like, we were not the tidiest people growing up, and I was always like super worried about like how messy is our house going to be? And because <laughs> I had no control. I, you know, like there were five of us in there and different animals and pets and stuff. And so, um, <laughs> you know, so it was always one of those things where I was like, I don't know what my house is going to look like when we get there. So brace yourself. But Leslie didn't give any warning to Anne at all. <laughs> like my house is a mess. Like help me get ready is about as far as it got. Right. So. Um, so as they're cleaning, um, and points out like, you gotta, you gotta get help. This is too much. How do you, why do you have this birdhouse? Oh, in case a bird stops by. Well, why do you have the second birdhouse in case another bird comes? <laughs> like, uh, just, you got to throw this away. And so she's like, you can't do this with my help, with Andy's help. You need professional help. Somebody mm-hmm. who can actually do this for you. And this is where the plot thickens because Leslie sees a copy of the course catalog for the rec center. And uh, she calls up organize your life. The lady who leads that to say, Hey, I'd love to see how this goes. Um, and, uh, and so she comes over and it starts out as this happens. So it's like the lady really does help get the whole thing organized. Yeah. But um, it, as the, Leslie is trying to like square up with this lady and like pay her. It's like, oh, don't worry about it. I just wanted to demonstrate my course's ability to help people. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and so she's like, oh, this won't 
this won't affect my recommendation on the course. And it's like, oh, no, of course not. And she winks like, stop winking. <laughs> like right. Leslie has created a situation where she is now potentially abusing her power to get these people to do favors for her hmm. um, to throw this party. So hmm. now, is this, we don't this know anything about this in the real world. Right. This isn't like good, right? I mean, you're not supposed to do this. I don't think so. Like morally, I think this is this would be considered wrong, right? I believe that is what they are trying to tell us in this very special episode of Parks and Recreation. That's what I took away from it. I just didn't know. And then there's like there's like a Latin phrase that goes with this, isn't there? Or something? Yeah, that'll come up later. Okay. All right. So, yeah. Uh, have you have you ever? I, I wanted to ask this earlier. Have you ever taken like any kind of uh, what do they call them? Um, just well, the, yeah, like a rec class. Or any kind of outside of like academic class? Have you ever taken like a pottery class or anything from a catalog like that before? No. No? No. Just curious. Have you? Oh, you're like a long time ago when I was a kid. I took a sewing class, but I got kicked out. For needle fights? Kind of. I accidentally, like the lady that was helping me, I would push the the, uh, pedal too fast and it would, it, it, got the side of her finger a couple of times with the needle because it fed the, the so they asked wow. me at the end of the day not to come back have you seen the good son um i don't with, think so with brad renfro and macaulay culkin yes and, and macaulay culkin is the bad guy yeah were you macaulay culkin well, i mean <laughs> i wasn't doing it on purpose i just didn't know how to control the throttle of the sewing machine i see and now I can't sew. So, anyway, wow, man, there you go. Yeah, you know, Don't. juvenile crime is it shapes people's lives for the rest of their life. I think so. <laughs> so, yeah. No, so, I look at those rec catalogs and I think, oh, that would be fun. Yeah. And then I, um, because I try to regularly throw things away, I throw the catalog away and I don't sign up. What is what is the one class real quick? If you could take a fun just side class, what would you do? Mm, gosh, um, like watercoloring birds for adult beginners. Uh, so no. the birds are made out of watercolor. Yeah, I'm pa- I'm painting birds. So the, um, the adult birds are painting you in watercolor. Oh, no. No. oh, yeah, I'd be a model for that. Yeah, um, I think what I would. Would what would actually benefit my life would be like a cooking class. Okay. You know, because like I can make stuff. I can prepare food, but sure. I don't know how food works. Like, like I don't know like what could, I can't like freestyle and just I'm going to make this thing. Gotcha. And when, when people do that, I'm always amazed at how like magic. Yeah. It's like you had these things in your house already and you just made a meal. <laughs> <laughs> Like if it's not eggs and toast, like what What alchemy is this? (laughs) Yeah. Like how did you know that kind of oil went with that kind of meat? Like, yeah. What? Like if it's not Pam, I don't know what, how to cook with it. There's more, there's more spices than pepper. (laughs) I don't don't know. (laughs) I've just put putting all spice on everything because I don't want to miss one. Right. Okay, that's great. Yeah, I'm for so, it. All right. Uh, now, now, I, now I know what gift certificate to get you. <laughs> yeah, thanks. Um, yeah, what would you take? 
Oh, that's a great question. I like that. That's a, that's a good one. Cooking. Um, I've always wanted to take a, an actual pottery class, like a wheel throwing one. I don't have a joke for this. It's just, you know, I like that kind of stuff. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I'm trying to think, you know, useful things for my life, but yeah, cooking would be a good one. I, I'm not going to lie. Actually, the organization one probably would help me, but, uh, with, with Marie Kondo and everything, it's kind of easy now. Um, yeah, I don't know. Yeah. The problem swimming, with maybe do you, do you not know how to swim? Well, I just need to get up and earlier and hang out with old people. I heard that's good for you. I don't know. Old people yeah. like to get up really early and like go into the water, I guess. I saw a cocoon once. I don't know. I think that's a thing. <laughs> no, I, don't I don't even know how to respond to old people like to get up early and go in the water. Like that is a weird sentence. It's a weird thing to say out loud. Yeah. Um so where are which, we? So which brings it back because she says learning to cook is important because she's like the 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 lady is like because this this course helps people because learning to cook is important and Leslie goes is it it's like yeah <laughs> it's like, yeah it is, you can't do it you you plan this whole thing out um oh sorry I skipped it because Anne Anne goes oh shoot I really I really skipped over the stuff so sorry go back to Tom Tom and his exfoliation yeah Tom Tom is with uh april and he's trying to impress justin and so he's like shake my hand and he's like it feels like i'm shaking raw chicken it's like ah i over exfoliated i'm gonna have to refoliate <laughs> refoliate <laughs> oh. uh, yeah so tom is really 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 trying to impress justin because justin yeah. wears the heck out of a suit and he's got his life together and it's like everything that tom wants justin is right and huh. so He's Justin is successful. He's got interesting stories. From the big he's, city. Uh, he's, yeah. And Tom wants that life. And he doesn't have it because he is uh, a bureaucrat in the parks department of a small town. So, um, yeah. So, yeah. Organizing lady comes and wants to demonstrate course values. Uh, she's not going to use this power to... <laughs> To influence her decision and the per per person's like yeah okay fine no problem Andy's helping to host um and he comes in is like i will not spit in anyone's food unless they ask me to and april's like thank you or Leslie's like thank you <laughs> so um and uh the when she asks like what are they going to eat um you know leslie's like then she calls up the cooking lady who runs sue salads which is yeah. a thing that'll happen later, yeah. but it's the same lady. Yeah. Um, and this is where she says cooking is important for people's life. Unless he says, is it? <laughs> so, well, <laughs> you're finding that out now. <laughs> yeah. And it's just so funny when we think about all the things that are problematic about Pawnee over time, like Leslie is, is not a, uh, apart from the, like the challenges of Pawnee, like they don't eat well, mm -hmm. you know, like all these kinds of things that will come up, like in the future episodes, they're going to talk about their different town slogans. And one was first in friendship, second in obesity. <laughs> <laughs> like this is like why, like for Pawnee, like, you know, cooking is important. Eating salad is important, but the people of Pawnee are like, no, that's dumb. No. Um, so yeah. So the lady's coming to help cook. Uh, everything's happening. Andy's helping host. And Mark comes in and and he's like, whoa, it's way cleaner than it, last time I was here. <laughs> <laughs> and Anne's like, when were you here last? And then it's like this awkward oh, yeah. moment because mm -hmm. Mark and Leslie 
hooked up five years ago. And Andy then just comes out and is like, oh, I know sex. (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah. So that's fun. Um, And uh, so. As. uh, And Mark, Mark kind of talks about Justin a little bit. He's he's not a fan because he's like such a one up upper like he feels like mark is a one-upper because like, as you saw the story about like he he talked about swimming with whale sharks off the coast of you know south africa or so i don't know right and then he's like and that's when i told him that i swam at the y <laughs> right yeah so yeah mark's annoyed with justin andy's annoyed with justin and uh and then ron shows up and he did bring his eggs um and as ron is coming in and and they're leslie's taking the eggs to their dedicated fridge space uh mark says ron did you hear about what happened with mayor gunderson's dog and he's like oh it's a bloodbath unless it's like no stop talking nobody talk until justin gets here and then we can share our stories um and so she walks away and they start talking and she's like what did i just say like don't talk leslie is a total con- con- control fl- freak um and she wants to make sure that this story is interesting and so nobody wastes their interesting stories before justin gets there um so please, and i love their line please please have a good time and shut your mouth <laughs> right which is how i feel most of the time right um everybody have fun just quietly <laughs> yeah i think no. that's that's the sign on the front of my door as you come into my house have a great time just silent yeah children shall shall be neither seen nor heard right um <laughs> Wow. Um, uh, the other thing too, just, and no, I don't know, spoilers, not spoilers if you haven't seen it, but um, I love that they keep talking about Mayor Gunderson and we have yet to see or meet him two seasons in as right. like the head of the entire government. And uh, when we find out who he is, I think it's one of the greatest, like not a throwaway reveal, but just like, it's amazing. Because if you think about all of the times Mayor Gunderson gets, I just want to point it out, he gets mentioned throughout the entire series, and we only find out who he would have been or who he would have been acted by until the very end, which is just fantastic. Right. After he's dead. After he's dead. Yeah. So we don't even get to say, like, you're right. Like, because it would have been like, how amazing would that have been if he had been in it? And that's why he was able to do that. And which is so genius because he's just built into the lore of this entire show. And right. he never, he only gets seen at the end. So just, yeah. Yeah. Mary very Gerson, smart. Anyway. Yeah. And in, um, and I read an interview somewhere along the way, somebody asked, um, the actor who plays Leslie Nope, Amy Poehler, like, who would you want to play Mayor mm-hmm. Gunderson? Like this was mid run of the series. And she said the person who awesome. she would like. Yeah. And so the fact that it actually came about that way was pretty cool. Yeah. So. Um, all right. So when Justin shows up, he is, um, you know, there, everybody's greeting and he, he's never met April. So he's like, hello, I'm Justin. And she refuses to shake his hand uh, and says, I have swine flu, which is now the second episode in a row. Right. Or third. Uh, it's within a few weeks where we, uh, are in interacting with swine flu. Um, because the guy's like, oh, I already right. had the swine flu. flu. I'm right. talking about the turtle flu, you know? So like swine flu was a big deal. And this time in America, it was something that we were talking about. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, yeah. So April, um, is she likes Andy, but she's also still dating her boyfriends. Um, and so 
Uh, but it's so complicated. It is so complicated. And so she's trying to um, earn favor with Andy, too, in this this time. And so he's like taking people's coats and April goes and finds him in uh, Leslie's guest bedroom or something um, and says, I will mess with Justin's stuff when you're not here so you don't get in trouble. And he's like, yes, thank you. Somebody's on my time on my side. Um, and so cut back to the party. Tom and Justin are talking about India. Um, and I love that. Uh, he's like, oh, yeah, what mosque? And he's like saying all these details about the time that Justin's been to India. And Tom's like, I got to go. And so he's in the bathroom looking up info on India. I prayed like, to that mosque. It was sick. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and uh, I'll be right back. <laughs> and the thing that he's like, he finds out is like, oh, fourth most active <laughs> producer of coal. Good to know. <laughs> right. Uh, so, and then in the party, Ron is drinking an old fashioned and he's like, wow, this old fashioned is great. And where'd you find this bartender? Cause you're not paying him enough. And the guy's like, well, I could actually teach you. And it's like, shut up, shut it down. Cause we discover that the bartender is also a, another course instructor for the rec department rec center. Um, and so she's trying to keep all this under wraps, uh, as it's unfolding around her. And then Mark is telling a story to Justin about this time when his face caught on fire with this gas that like this burns clear. And so he was running around and had to dunk his face in a bucket of sand. And Justin was just amazed by this story and then cuts to a talking head of Mark. Like that was actually a story from a kid that I went to camp with. (laughs) Uh, But a good story is a good story. And that kid can't tell it because his mouth's melted shut. (laughs) Once again, proving that Mark is the worst. So he lied about the story and he's making fun of a kid without a mouth. Yeah. Yeah. Mark, again, he's terrible. He doesn't even, he doesn't even have any good stories of his own to make up. Um, so uh, th- this is when uh, we see uh, Leslie also invited Wendy to this party. And Tom is pissed because he knows that Ron is interested in Wendy. Um, and so he's very mad at Leslie. He's going to wrap um, her up in, her, in his mustache and take her away. <laughs> right. And as Tom is leaving the room, uh, Leslie's like, he'll get over it. And he's, you can hear him like, no, I won't. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, so they sit down to eat and Ron is looking at the table and he sees a spicy peppers. Like, is this hot? And he, the lady's like, oh yeah, I wouldn't eat that. He's like, well, I'm going to try it. And he eats it. He's like, Ooh, yeah, that's, that's spicy. To which Tom, trying to outrun Ron, says, uh, well, that's that's one of the small ones. And then he takes one. And he's like, this is how you eat it. <laughs> puts it in his mouth. He's like, Ron, the whole time's like, I wouldn't do that, son. And as Don't. soon as Tom puts it in his mouth, he's like, oh. <laughs> and he gets up and leaves. Um, and uh, Wendy's like, yeah, Tom has a very frail tummy. <laughs> colon. So, I wrote down col- colon. Yeah. Colon. yeah. <laughs> um, and... Uh, and so he Tom goes and hides and he's just when you see him later, he's just like sucking on the blanket because his <laughs> his tongue is burning so hard. Um, and uh, and so then at this at the table, Justin yawns. And so this is a sign to Leslie that this party is boring and she needs to kick it up a notch. So she then says uh, is trying to introduce people on the table and uh, says Derek and Ben are gay, but sometimes April has relations with Derek. April, tell us more about it. (laughs) 
And I was like, there's not much else to say. <laughs> Pretty much it. So, um, so yeah, so the party's boring in, in Leslie's eyes. Justin's yawning. So then she calls another teacher. But now she's a now she's like it's not out of desperation. I mean, it was desperation before, but now she's like, you know what? I already opened this up. Let's just keep going. And now right. she's, she's pulling out all the stops. She has seen how easy it is to compromise her integrity. Right. So, so many things to say. Um, so Justin is telling a story about the spiciest thing he's ever had in his mouth. And then he's interrupted by a belly dancer. What? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Justin keeps yawning. And so then next cut to this a mon- caricature mon- artist. This, yeah, this montage is great. <laughs> yeah. And so uh, killer party at the Nope House. I mean, she's like saying like, yeah, everybody just keeps showing up because, you know, you're a great party at the Nope House. So um, so she's trying to play it off. Um, but uh, yeah, things are just getting more and more exciting because more and more cool teachers are coming over. Um, and Andy is so sick of it because everybody's so enthralled with Justin and he's talking to Derek and Ben and April and and he's like, isn't Justin the worst? And Derek and Ben are like, no, he's awesome. And April's like, Andy's like, well, April, don't you think he's the worst? Like, no, he's pretty cool. And so then Andy is like mad. And so he takes away April's cup of alcohol um, <laughs> because she's underage and uh, she's mad. And then... He says, I could lose my license. <laughs> Right. Well, I think he probably did have a liquor license, like a a license to serve because like in in his world, it wouldn't have been unusual to like maybe had to pull down a shift at a bar or something. Right. So he might have been licensed for something. Yeah, I'm giving him the benefit of the doubt, man. You and Andy, that's a stretch. I mean, the guy lived in a pit for a while with a suit. (laughs) Yeah, just a possession. few weeks ago. <laughs> yeah, just, so him him actually going through a licensing process. I just, you know, I don't know. <laughs> so yeah, so party's going off the rails, and uh, and then the real life of the party shows up. Barney, <laughs> I was like, wait a minute, and then yeah, who? There's more. There's more? I didn't know. Yeah, there's one more rec center teacher who comes in to into play here and he's he knocks on the door and he's like i heard that you are evaluating uh courses and i demand an evaluation which is such a uh, great joke because it's like now now it's gone so far that they're not she's not even she doesn't even have to call them to come anymore people have just heard like that's how big this got right the rec center teachers are talking to You're each talking other outside so, of the party it's great yeah which is like you, you know the classic trope of like kids throwing a party with their friends and their friends invite friends and friends invite friends. And so like, it becomes this big, huge thing that the kid then has to deal with when the parents come home. Mm -hmm. This is the actual opposite of a (laughs) exciting party because it's people who are trying to teach you stuff. like (laughs) i I would love i think that would be amazing like it would be interesting interesting but it's just the opposite like like this is what adult parties look like kids like this is it like (laughs) oh did you want to learn origami (laughs) and and accounting software like yeah yeah and barney barney is a character that will come back again and again and uh his barney loves puns as we will find in the future um and here uh, right away as he's demonstrating his accounting course he's like when it comes to accounting software there's no accounting for taste and the only person who laughs is andy (laughs) which is funny because that joke i was thinking about like it doesn't even make sense like what 
what is taste in accounting software? Like, what does that even mean? Is there bad accounting software? Like, how do you have bad taste in accounting software? It's only, it's a pun just to be able to use accounting again. Right. Yeah. So, Which and, is, so Andy's the only one who's laughing because he's like, oh, I see. He used it twice. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, um, so as soon as, you know, Ron figures out like, oh, this is not what I want to be. He's, he's says i'm heading home so as not to be here any longer yeah <laughs> and other people are like yeah we're gonna take off and then barney's like no i demand an evaluation and so now the whole thing has become uncovered and leslie is in big trouble also justin fell asleep oh <laughs> so she couldn't even save the party with this awesome accounting de- demonstration so oh no good so cuts to next day. Get, like my, my daughter's birthday is coming up and I was thinking, you know, clowns, ponies, accounting demonstration. That'll, I think all the 10 year olds would love that. Well, if you count the clowns and ponies, somebody needs to be able to do that. That's where the accounting comes from. So you love can have it. fun and learn things at the same time. Problem solver. Yeah. And I, I, I wouldn't do any of those things. Okay. Um, so, cause all of them are terrifying in their own way. Uh, so (laughs) next day in the office, there's a disciplinary committee to see if Leslie has abused her power. And the first witness is Tom. And I love Tom here. He says, I would like to say that Leslie would never do something like this, but I can't because she loves using people. (laughs) So, cause Tom is pissed. Um, and so about his whole interaction with Leslie. So Tom, so Leslie apologizes to Tom on the record. And then we have Ron come in and wait, his wait, talking wait, head. Yeah, what? <laughs> what? The, the apologies. The apologies were great. She's like, I, I put a new romance in front of an old friendship. I put a beautiful man in front of a beautiful man child. <laughs> I put a white stallion in front of a little, and, and Tom's like, are oh, you ruining it? And then she goes, I put a white stallion in front of a little brown pony. He's like, that's totally uncalled for. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay. Oh, so then Ron, Ron comes in. Yeah. His talking head before is like, when it comes to being a government witness, the only kind of witness I want to be is a hostile witness. So I'm going to answer every question with a question. Um, and so he does that. And the best one is, have you ever seen Leslie use a quid pro quo? And Ron's <laughs> response is, oh, do you know Latin? That's the only one I wrote down, too. That was, oh, you know. And then he's like, right after that, the guy's like, thank you, Ron. That'll be enough. Like, it worked. Oh, are we done here? <laughs> oh, are we done? <laughs> um, yeah, so he's the hostile witness, and he's doing a great job. April then cuts to Andy at the shoe shine, and Andy is... Bet- feels betrayed um and april is like i i need you to know that justin i didn't talk to justin because he was too busy taking gum out of his pockets and he, she drops a whole bunch of gum wrappers and so andy is like oh april is on my side unbetrayed <laughs> and every time i typed in unbetrayed in my notes autocorrect told me that's not a word and it took four tries so i may have missed some things in the next little bit, um, as the show kept going. <laughs> so <laughs> it was right. very annoying. Um, so then, uh, Leslie has Justin in to ask her, uh, ask her questions of Justin to see, uh, you know, and the, the people are saying, do you think Leslie was abusing her power? And Justin's like, no, I don't think so. I think it was just a great party at my friend's house. 
Um, and she's like, a great party. Well, it was an awesome party. So, uh, Leslie, uh, <laughs> wants to make sure that this is on the record. Um, and the guy's like, yeah, all of this has been on the record the whole time. So, um, yeah, so she's pretty stoked because it, well, it was seemed like Justin was bored. He was just tired because he was working so hard on a case and all this stuff. And so they worked that part out of their conversation and their relationship. Um, and uh, and then he's like, well, will I see you later? And he's going to leave and goes in to kiss her. And he's like, I'm, I'm in a, an official hearing right now. <laughs> so she's all business, all business. Sure. That's why she used a hearing to get her boyfriend to admit that he had a great time. All business. Right. <laughs> um, so, and the, uh, so she's talking to Anne as she's waiting for the disciplinary board decision and they come in and like, we've decided not to take any further action. It helps that you brought this to our attention yourself. Um, and <laughs> April, Anne's just like, why did you turn yourself in? It's like, are you kidding? It's every girl's dream to ask how her date went under threat of perjury. <laughs> <laughs> oh my so, God. Uh, you know, Leslie's different in a lot of ways. And she also donated to the rec center to make sure all the classes could continue. Like she made it right. It was right. a bad situation, but she made it right. Um, and so, and she knows that she threw a great party. Sure. A party of corruption. <laughs> but I do like, I mean, and not, not to get sentimental with it, but I do love that when she made it right, like it solved the whole thing and it wasn't beyond the scope of, you know, I mean, it was a thousand dollars. That's why they told us in the beginning the budget shortfall was a thousand dollars. So by her paying for it out of her pocket, which is a you know really nice thing to do, it solved the whole thing. She's not in trouble. Like you know, there's a good. I just thought for for as crazy as as bad as it got, that was a really nice way to solve it without being like, oh, we're just forgetting about the fact that Leslie abused her power. So she did end up paying for it. So I, I just appreciate that the writers didn't just sweep it under the rug at the end just to get out of it. You know. Um, and it showed that Leslie does want to do the right thing. She just gets caught up, so caught up in the moment, which we'll see over and over and over, but then she's willing to actually make it right. And I think, yeah, that is super cool about her character and that the, the writers are trying to, you know, make these people multidimensional. Like Leslie has flaws. She lives in a totally messy house, so she doesn't have it all figured out. Yeah. 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 And I think one of the fun things about any comedy is when things go wrong how do your people respond right like that is like the premise for most situational comedies mm -hmm. which is a sitcom um oh. you're in a situation how do you get out of it that was because it always had like couches like right in the middle of the set well maybe that's how it started and then they're like you know guys we have to do more than just sit down in these shows mm. and they're like okay what if well, that's where stand-up comedy comes from exactly okay exactly so, um, yeah, so I, I, I love that. It's like you are now you've made a problem for yourself. Mm -hmm. Solve it. Right. Um, and Leslie, more often than not, finds a way to solve it. Contrast that with Michael Scott, who throughout the office rarely ever actually solves the problems That's himself. True. Right. <laughs> you know, like he finds himself in all kinds of problems that get solved around him. In spite of him, in, right? yeah, like, in spite of him, and yeah. so like we were just watching an episode, uh, healthcare, and you know where, <laughs> yeah. you know he told he promises everybody that he's going to have this big surprise at the end of the day as Dwight is 
cutting everybody's health insurance mm-hmm. and like he has nothing <laughs> and it ends with with him not having any actual surprise and the closest he got was ice cream sandwiches to which stanley says this isn't the big surprise is it and, and michael's only response is well it is surprising <laughs> It's like over and over on the internet, I see that Scott's Tots is one of the most uncomfortable episodes. Over and over, I see this. And I think it's because of that same exact thing. Like he had, at the end of that episode, which, you know, years down when we talk about it, he has no solution. There is no solution, right? And so there's just nothing but disappointment in how how he makes it worse. You know what I'm talking about? Where he does the scholarships for the, yeah. Yeah. And so I, I just like how as they especially in Parks and Rec, as they solve the problems, the way they solve them and that they're satisfying endings and not just total ridiculous, like, yeah, just crazy endings. Or or like sometimes in the office where they just kind of like, well, that was sad. <laughs> like Scott's right. tots. No one's going to college. <laughs> <laughs> well, that kid's going to go to college and Michael will pay for his books. Sure. But first, yeah. he bought everybody batteries <laughs> right. for their laptops that they don't have. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, yeah, so this, uh, this episode is fun. It's a good episode. You get to know a little bit more about Leslie. You get to know a little bit more about, um, about Pawnee. You see her, her tendency to overdo everything, um, and how that gets out of control. And, uh, you know, all in all fun episode. It's very Leslie focused. Yeah, that's true. Um, and you know, not, not every episode is just about Leslie. Like Donna didn't show up. She wasn't invited to the party. She would have been really, she wasn't at the party, was she? No. Donna wasn't in this episode at all. And yeah. Jerry only had one line. Yeah. Donna so. would have been, I, I wouldn't invite Donna to a dinner party. She'd be like between her and Tom. And that was one thing I was going to say too, with Tom eating the pepper, Leslie freaks out that the party, like Justin's falling asleep. And she's like, Tom, I need you like spice, you know, like make it more lively. Cause he's really good at that. As we saw in the Halloween episode. And he's out of commission. So they they took him, they wrote him out of making the party interesting. Plus he was upset about Wendy. So that makes sense. And then also just to wrap up, um, Justin, the cold ending, I never know what to call it. Justin tells Tom that he should ask Wendy out. And right. he's like, did, did Leslie tell you that? He's like, no, man, I just saw it. So I, I think that sets up for the next next episode or an episode or two in the future. Yeah, there's some great stuff coming with uh Tom and Justin's Tom and just Tom and Wendy's relational dynamics. Mm -hmm. Um, But what's interesting with that credit is that is like the credit scene is usually like one last zinger. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And this one, like it wasn't funny. It was actually like a heartfelt moment. Like you should just ask out Wendy for real this time. And it's like, wow, I I was expecting some laughing here, but there was none. So it's 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 a different take. Two or three episodes ago, they kind of did that same thing. It was a little bit more, it wasn't as funny. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. So cool. did cool. you have anything well, else? Like, was there any fun trivia or anything? I honestly, I didn't even look for any trivia on this episode. So, okay. okay. Cool. What do you know what's up next? Uh, I, it's Valentine's Day. So. All right. It's going to be a good one fantastic this, cool, this one, Valentine's Day is actually pretty fun um, and we learn more about about the way and the why of Justin and Ron will give us some wisdom that we can take to our own lives so it's a good one I'm excited for it 
Can't wait. All right. Well, I think this may be the longest recording that we've ever done. We're at 55 minutes and change. So we should probably be done. Um, yeah. So our, that our families know that we're still alive. Okay. So, all right. I'll, uh, I'll talk to you later. Bye. Bye. Bye.